This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. Eddie Izzard, the transgender comedian, marathon runner, actor and Labour MP hopeful, is now enjoying success in her latest piece of work, a one-woman adaptation of Dickens's Great Expectations. After a nine-week run of the show in New York, Eddie spoke with the Evening Standard's chief theatre critic, Nick Curtis, about her one-woman performance, her gender fluidity, and her personal drive to succeed. This interview is from the Evening Standard Theatre Podcast, which you can find on your podcast provider. There's also a link in the show notes. I'm uh, here at Riverside Studios with Eddie Azard or Susie Azard, as she is sometimes known now. As anyone can choose, yes, to, to make everyone happy so they don't need to write in on a postcard and say, what's going on? Prefer she, her, don't mind he, him, prefer Susie, don't mind Eddie. I'm gender fluid. I've been out for 38 years, so everyone should be used to this by now. But the, 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 yes, the, the pronoun thing is a slight ad- adjustment. Okay. But no one can make a mistake with me. Right. And my brother's sticking with Eddie. My director, Selena Cadell, is sticking with Eddie. My older brother, Mark's sticking with Eddie. So, uh, it's it's all groovy. Okay. It's, unless you call me Arthur or Sabrina or... I won't call you any of those. Or, yeah. We've met a few times over the years, but this time we are talking about a new venture. Yes. Your first Dickensian stage show. Great expectations. Yes. First of nine that I'm going to do. Well, you <laughs> can do the complete work. Well, you could, well, there is it in my head because it started from the fact I'm 150 years to the day younger than Dickens. I yes. just kn- knew this. I found this out when I was younger. 7th of February, 1812. 7th of February, 1962. What does it mean? Nothing in particular. But then I realized I'd never read a great work of literature and so I thought, well, I got this Dickens link. Why don't I ask if anyone out there would like me to do an audiobook? And uh, a company called Wildfire, they, they said, yes, we will commission you to go for, and they chose uh, Great Expectations. They chose it. Oh, they chose it, not as you. They chose it, because it could have been anywhere. I suppose Oliver was one I had a more of a link to. My brother was saying Pickwick Papers, yeah. uh, which was still really interesting in my head, because I don't know that so well. But I'd never read a, a work of literature because I'm dyslexic, yes. severely atypically dyslexic. But I thought this would push me to read a book, because, you know, they say, well, we've commissioned you, you've signed a contract. As I was doing it, or even before I was doing it, I realised that singers... In my stand-up, I play multiple characters, a technique I got from Richard Pryor. Mm. I could use this multiple characters talking to each other technique, which not everyone does in stand-up. In fact, most people don't seem to do in stand-up. 
but I do. And I thought, well, I can use that for drama as well as for stand-up. And yeah. I said in my head, why don't I do this to a dramatic version of uh, Great Expectations. I said to my older brother, Mark, why don't we work on this together? We'll cut it down. He just did it himself while I was touring. So mm. I said, fine, Mark, if you do it. Um, so we'd already worked together. And it's tricky working with family. Sometimes it can go wrong, but he's done a great job on Great Expectations. Cut it down for 20 hours to just over two hours. Well, it's, actually, it's, about, it's just under two hours now. And about the same length as the film, the great, the benchmark film. And uh, we took it to, to New York first off Broadway. And yes, it got, why New York first? Well, yeah. it was it was partly because New York knew me and, and London knew me as well, so I could go either place. It was available there. I just thought, well, let's try it in New York. Does it carry less baggage over there? I mean, I think because Great Expectations, it has great name recognition, but it also is rather freighted. You know, there's been that other new version. Has what, the over, new over version. here, you mean? Yes. Well, I, it wasn't more like that. Maybe they would give me slightly more space I'm, I'm known as, as comedy and drama slightly stronger in America in Britain there's still oh you're a comedian have you done anything drama well I've done 25 years of films up to yeah. Victoria and Abdul and I was Tony nominated on Broadway oh really we didn't notice any of this so <laughs> yes. there's been a sort of uh, a non-viewing of that and uh, you know my comedy is really interesting but my drama has now got really interesting I think my comedy my drama started very weak right uh, and I know why and I can tell you why why uh, because I had the presence of mind, as a, f a lover of films who broke into Pyman Studios when I was 15, like Spielberg did to Universal when mm. he was 17, different careers, but still the idea Same trying to get in the film. Arc, yes. Same basic trying to get in there. Mine was a slower takeoff. Um, I realized that it's about being rather than acting, rather than pushing. But also there's a thing I feel that bottom line of comedy is to be funny and the bottom line of drama is to be truthful. And if you go from comedy into drama, you have developed comedy muscles. These muscles get in the way when you're trying to be truthful and live in a scene as a, as a character. Uh, so I switched all my comedy muscles off. I dialed them all down to zero on the control desk in my mind. And then I realized I had no instincts because mm. I hadn't developed the dramatic instincts. So my early work in films is somewhere pretty not good or basic or nothing really is happening there and now I think my drama is getting well the rave reviews the best reviews I've had in my life from mm. New York it's yeah. um, 45 pull quotes in the Guardian they said I went on about it three times about my reviews because <laughs> they're, they're great and I need to be my own self-publicist because uh, otherwise you get lost in a big maelstrom of everything else going yes. on yes yeah, sure Let's take a break now. This interview is from the Evening Standards Theatre Podcast. For interviews with people like Tim Minchin, Marisha Wallace, Jenna Coleman and Seleni Henry, just search for the Evening Standard Theatre Podcast. Coming up in part two, Eddie tells Nick why she's so well suited to the role of Hamlet. But when I'm playing Hamlet, the weird thing is I feel very at home. And yeah. I said to Ian McKellen, is, you know, I'm 61, is this a bit old to play? This is before he did his. Is this a bit old to play Hamlet? He said, no, 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 do it any age you want. Oh, all right, Ian. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. You're also rehearsing your One Woman Hamlet at the yes. same time as doing Dickens. Now, as they did in the great days of repertory. Yeah, well, I don't think they did them One Woman at the time, did they? But back no, in the great days of repertory. But... I don't know if, if you'd asked all the actors, would they be okay on doing a one-person show? Mm. Um Maybe maybe they wouldn't be so cool on it, but I'm I'm perfectly suited to do the one person show because yeah. they won't give me a Hamlet. You know, right. no one's putting uh, Eddie Izzard, Susie Izzard, whoever they call themselves. Mm. Shall we put them at the top of our list? The next person to ask to do Hamlet, I don't think so. So I thought let's go in, and we're doing open rehearsals as well, which will happen throughout this year and in and around Britain. And um, it's an intriguing thing. People, if they if they saw it, they seem to be positive about what I could do yeah. with Hamlet because you're playing Hamlet and Ophelia and mm. Gertrude and Polonius, and you're taking the whole thing apart and the history. I love the history of Shakespeare. Why did he not write Hamlet down? Why is it the first quarter and then the second quarter and then the folio twenty years later? Why is the first quarter lost until the 1800s? Yeah, and then they find it out. And if you look at the To Be speech, it's it's completely well. It's it's about half or maybe it's the quarter, 25% the same. That's intriguing. Why didn't he write it down if it's the big deal? Hmm. When, when Shakespeare died, why was there not a big song and dance if he's the greatest bard that was ever happening? Hmm. Uh, he just died in, in Stratford and no one gave him monkeys. Yeah. Whereas I think Ben Johnson and all the other guys, they got sort of, you know, a bit of pomp and ceremony going on. Yeah. It's curious, intriguing. Hmm. And he, was a, he must have been a Catholic. His dad was a Catholic, his sister was Catholic. They were all, you know, it was all the time of the Catholic Protestant yeah, yeah, changeover. Yeah, yeah. Was he gay? Marlowe was out. Why wasn't he out? Hmm. I find all that interesting. Anyway, yeah. so just taking that apart. And then Dickens is there on on this other track that's all that's I'm just getting it back to life now having done nine weeks we went to do six weeks in New York and it extended to nine weeks before we even opened Mm. and then the reviewers just went, you know, performance of the year and prepare to be transfixed. And I yeah. thought, holy cow, I didn't, wasn't going to read them, wasn't supposed to read them. And I thought, these are too good, I have to read them. I see. So. You said that these were these were perfect shows for you. Why do you, why do you say that? Well, because I'm a stand-up. Because yeah. I've, I've done 35 years of stand-up. I have had so much time, and I was a street performer before yes. that. Yeah. If you think about, particularly in Shakespeare, they were doing it off the back of cards. They were strolling players. Yeah. And if you think about why were they strolling players? Because the Greeks and the Romans had theatres. Hmm. How do we go from theatres and then a thousand years of no theatres? I think it's Christianity must have got in the way. They said, if you're going to perform, it's got to be about Christianity and it's going to be the end. You can't do any of this. It was Christianity stuff. and it was royalty, wasn't it? It was something about royalty licensing the theatres, I believe. But, and, but and also, the Lord but, Chamberlain's men and the But, but there were no, no, no theatres before. Hmm. They, not yeah. only licensing of theatres, there was no one you're in right, the building. You're right, yes, And then they yes. had the curtain theatre because they pulled a curtain across it. So, anyway, I find all that fascinating. Yeah. And as someone who was a street performer for four years, I was doing performing like they used to. And so when you get to the soliloquies, and this is again going Hamlet here, as my director, Selena Cattell, was saying, you are perfectly suited, I am perfectly suited to do soliloquies because I've been doing hours by that years of stand-up yeah. up to the Hollywood Bowl in Madison Square Garden, mm. talking to people in this direct way 
and then playing the characters, which I got from Richard Pryor. It's, yes. it's an interesting hmm. journey. It's, it's just curious journey. And I'm coming to Shakespeare. It must be in a different way to the way most people is. Yeah. So had you always, had you harbored a desire to play the Dane, as they say in With Nell and I? Was this, you know, the sort of classic, particularly I'm thinking from a comedy background, to want to, is as that someone, the ultimate? As someone who felt that I, as I felt I had something interesting to bring to drama. But when I'm playing Hamlet, the weird thing is I feel very at home. And yeah. I said to Ian McKellen, is, you know, I'm 61, is this a bit old to play? This is before he did his. Is this a bit old to play Hamlet? He said, no, 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 do it any age you want. I'm like, oh, all right, Ian. Yeah. And then he went and did his at 80. Well, they're must going, have, they're must going have been already in his head. They're going both ways. We've realised that uh, Ken Branner is about to play Lear, and he's about your age. I think he's 62, 63. Right, so he's right, a very right. young Lear. And, well, and yes, maybe I, a slightly older I Hamlet. think do what the hell you. 21st century rules. Yeah? yeah, just go for it. If you if you look at the 21st century, you can see politically, human politically, a lot of people, the vast majority of the world, are going positive. Man, live and let live. Women mm. should be able to do this. Men do this. LGBTQ, whatever you want, be positive. Go for your dreams. And and then there's a few, there's about 10 to 15 people who are saying, no, pull it back, back to the tw 1930s. Come on, let's try lying as a whole th a business. You know, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, just lie upon, lie upon. I'll say one lie ahead of the, of the pack. And you're going, what is that you're bringing to the table? That's useless stuff. So it's almost like we're splitting apart. Mm. But I think the ma vast majority of us are trying to go forward into a live and let live world. Yeah. Without wishing to sound clear, but does being gender fluid um, in any way inform the fact that you're playing male and female characters I, in this? In I I really hope so. One of the reviews said that I, I'm playing the male and the female characters with equal, I'm paraphrasing it, but equal honour. Mm. Hopefully, yeah. uh, my, my Estella and Miss Havisham, I play the Ella Stella and Miss Havisham within me, and then I'm playing the Pip within me and the Joe Gargi within me, and Mrs. Joe, uh, another female character. Mm. Just, just try and live and be them. And when I was younger, I couldn't have done that, especially with all the I'm trans and I'm not telling anyone I'm trans. Yes. And now that I've been out for so long, almost 40 years, I just... Come on, let's just, just live as those people and see what happens on stage. For more theatre content, search for the Evening Standard Theatre Podcast or head to our website, standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.